The sea is full of creatures aberrant to polite society. They swim in the murky depths or live in dark crevices. But even a familiar sea creature may be alien to you and me when you really get to know them in their environment. To seafood lovers, the scallop is a known entity, a delicious dish with butter and lemon. But the creature alive in its shell may bear some features that astonish you. But it shouldn't be surprising that the ocean hides the strangest secrets in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. Uh, to check that out, you can visit us on Facebook or Twitter at LD Taxonomy or visit us at our home on the web at LDTaxonomy.com. And thank you to our patrons for supporting the show. Carol Raspolich, Tristan Taylor, and Jesse Raspolich. Your support uh, continues to keep the lights on, and we are very grateful for it. Thank you. Yeah. And today we're talking about a familiar creature with a Lovecraftian feature. But more on that later. Mm-hmm. Lovecraft. I, I have to f- remember to stop making weird faces when you're talking, thinking that the 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 video version of this is only focused on you. Because I found <laughs> a new way to do that, where both, like for the for vast swar- swaths of the show, you can see both of our faces at the same time, and it. When I tell you it has cut down the editing time by hours, it it's a, it's a game changer. Nice. Yeah. So should oh. we make weird faces in between or no? I mean, you can, but people will see them. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Or all three of them? All three of if your faces. If you want to see our faces uh, and the weird ways that we contort them while the other person is talking, you can uh, support us at uh, patreon.com slash ldtaxonomy. Check yeah. it out. Yeah. Uh, but yes, a what you say? A familiar creature with Lovecraftian features? Yes. Love it. Uh, but yes, we are talking about the Atlantic Bay Scallop. Uh, I assume scallops in general, but this is just the particular one, right? Yeah. Sometimes just bay scallop. Bay scallops, yeah. As as opposed to like the sea scallop, which are slightly different. As opposed to like, you know, scallops I don't know really well. This is bay scallop. This is before anyone else. (sighs) (laughs) Dank ferric. (laughs) Excuse me? Yeah, it's the Star Wars uh, slur. (laughs) Oh, that's what they say like every 10 seconds in the book of Boba Fett. It could easily be a Star Wars name. It sure, sure can. Sure can. Very dank. Um, we're talking about the the base scallop, which we're going to call here the Molluscan Mikolesh. Nice. The Lord of the Eyes. And one if by clam, two if he sees. <laughs> 
Good, 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 good. I I give credit to those last of those. I give the credit for those last two to my wife. <laughs> she's she's really uh, she's really got a talent for it. She spends all day taking care of the kids, talking baby talk to tiny humans, and then when I come down and give her a puzzler, like, "Hey, we're doing this animal. Can you think of some nicknames?" This this is her favorite part of the day. So her poetic puns are just building up over time. She's just like, "Oh, I get to use my brain for something. <laughs> I get to have. Uh, I get to you know think about something other than little baby bum and <laughs> uh, the." The fact that the the elephant says "pawoo," he does. The elephant says "pawoo." Did you know that? Did not know that. That's that's the onomatopoeia for an elephant. <laughs> well, speaking of what things say, it's time to taxonomize this. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that neither, that doesn't have anything to do with what they say because clams don't say anything. But this isn't a kingdom you know, love, and are in. The kingdom is Animalia. Phylum is Mollusca. It's a mollusk. The class is Bivalvia, uh, which is a bivalve. Hmm. The uh, order is Pectinida. This family is Pectinidae. Uh, the genus is Argopectin. Argopectin. And the species is Aradians. Argopectin, Aradians. There are ir- irradiated Indians. Oh, no. Radians. Oh, they're cool with it. It's fine. Um, yeah, so, so since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show, Critter Groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and the question is the same every time. What is the name of group of this animal? What is the term of venery? Or what is the collective noun? It's all the same. If you saw a group of uh, oysters, we're going to go with oysters because they're the... Cl- pretty close relatives and there isn't one for scallops if you saw a group of oysters joe what would you call it would you call it a a reef of oysters b a cluster of oysters c a shim of oysters or d a crust of oysters crust a shim what were the first two again reef cluster shim crust i'm gonna go Hmm. Cluster. Final answer. Mm. My favorite word. Uh, Incorrect. The answer is reef. Yeah, I should have went with my gut. That was my gut. But I was Was thinking like, but I went with my brain, which was like, I know that cloister is a bivalve type Pokemon. And sometimes (laughs) they use like real English words associated with. It's a clam and an oyster. That's why it's cloister. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't know that. Uh, all right, yeah. It's a reef of oysters. Reef um, of there is no Franklin. collective noun for scallops, really. Um, but there's a lot of people on Twitter that want to make one up. So join the conversation. Do you want to hear about what this thing looks like? Sure. What looks like a clam? Let's move on. But you didn't know that. Uh, No, so the shells look like pretty quintessential collector's 
shells. If there or like if you were to look up seashell icon on mm-hmm. Microsoft Word from the early two thousands, you would probably get something that looked pretty similar to this. Or if you visit a shell station. Yeah. Oh yeah. There we go. It's a, it's the shell station shell. Uh, it's basically a half circle that comes to a point at one end, like an uh, ornamental fan. Uh, they have, and there's two little wings coming off the side, which kind of are the, uh, the, like the, the fulcrum hinge. That's the word, the hinge for the, the clams to, uh, two valves. It's a bivalve, two valves. Um, the shell, the shells have, uh, waves. It's wavy and they kind of radiate outward. So they look like a delicious sun chip. When yeah. From certain angles. Um, it ruffles. They have ridges like ruffles. Yeah, I like sun chips way more than ruffles, but you know, to each his own. Garden salsa, harvest cheddar. Oh, yeah. uh, it's uh, so the the coloration is usually dark brown at the ridges and um, of the the ridges of the waves, and then lighter brown in the valleys. So it's kind of like a br- dark brown, light brown, dark brown, light brown, uh, making it look pretty cool. That's why it's kind of the quintessential shell uh the the clam itself inside uh is like kind of just like a series of loosely um connected organs uh which i did not know i thought there was like a full like single animal in there but it's kind of more like a cell like this, this gelatinous membrane with a bunch of organs floating around inside of it. And then muscles that kind of anchor it to, and nerves and things that anchor it to the, the shell. So it cannot be removed from its shell without dying. Um, kind of like a like a turtle. Um, or a snail, I guess. Or an introvert. This <laughs> is dead. Um, the, uh, the kidneys, intestines, nerves, and gills are all just kind of stuffed into the shell. Uh, they don't have any brains, but they do have a nervous system that allows them to, uh, move around, find food, avoid predation, um, move toward light, away from light, that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, it also has a large muscle in the very center that, uh, opens and closes the shell and the edges of the clam are lined with... Uh, tentacles that uh, capture food and things like that. So, is this one of those giant clams, Joe? I know it's not a clam, it's a scallop. I mean, it is a subcategory of clam. Yeah. But, um, is it one of those giant ones, or is it like an itty-bitty one? There's only one way to find out. Welcome to the Beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in... Relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy.gmail.com. We don't have a new measure up intro this week, which means we get to hear from an animal and Carlos has to guess what it is. Bring it on. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Is 
that a an albatross b a big gull which is a type of gull apparently not just a adjective uh c a cormorant or d a deadlock i'm sorry a deadlock yeah is that like a it's like like hemlock no it's apparently it's like a puffin something that a deadlock is similar to a puffin or maybe it's another name for puffin I mean, we got to rename eagles deadlocks. De- Deadlock is an s- awesome name for like a cute bird. Yeah, puffin is definitely much more su- uh, suitable for what it sounds like that is. Um, I don't think it's an albatross, and I don't think it's a cormorant. So, deadlock or big gull? I'm gonna go with deadlock, cause it's I. I feel like I know what a gull and a cormorant sound like, and I I just can't picture an albatross sounding like that. So deadlock. Final answer. Yeah. The correct answer is albatross. Oh, I'm deflated. Yeah, that was a def- a tough one with just a. They're very different kinds of seabirds, except the the gull and the albatross are similar. But a deadlock just, and cormorant are different categories. Albatrosses. Oh yeah, albatrosses. They're so big that I imagine them having this like you would, deep yeah. paw. But like think about like an eagle. An eagle screech is very high pitched. Yeah, but they're they're like seabirds. I just like the the like a gull's caw is Sounds so, like a rusty like, swing. Yeah, and I just imagined a bigger version of that just being a bigger, <laughs> deeper, rusty swing. Uh, but nah, but maybe your luck will change because we're going to talk about the size. They're between 60 and 70 millimeters or 2.7 inches. How many Atlantic Bay scallops go into the widest canal in the world? Bonus points if you know where that is. I don't know what I don't what constitutes a canal man-made waterway okay is it Panama no good guess Suez no also good guess too bad it's not wider (laughs) those are the only two canals that I know of yeah there's that by name it's in this country you only know foreign canals yeah they're just there haven't been international disputes over the over whichever one this is. Uh, here's a hint. This is why Suez and Panama are so well known. The widest uh, canal is the Cape Cod Canal, which separates Cape Cod from the mainland. It was constructed between 1909 and 1919, and it's about 28 kilometers or 17.4 miles long. But you're looking for the width. Now, I keep, like, I kept typing in, like, surely the Suez Canal, with its international ex, uh, trade, is large. And it's, uh, like, I'm seeing metrics that's, like, all different metrics. Oh, it's this wide. Oh, it's this wide. Different numbers. So, I don't, like, I just trust that when I type in world's largest canal and it consistently gives me 
Cape Cod, that that is Cape Cod. But and I know there's okay, different I'm, depths of like bank de- bank width versus the like width of the bottom. And I guess the bank width changes depending on the rainy season and the tides and things like that. Yeah. But probably not by so much that it it loses or gains its position as the largest. Okay, I'm going to say 2,000 feet. Because I think a mile is uh, too wide for a man-made thing. So 2,000 feet. Uh, quite a bit less than half of a mile, which is... Tw- 24,000 inches. You said 2.7? Yep. My answer is... Wow. 8,888.88888888889. Final answer. Yeah. 8,8800, we'll say. The correct answer is 2,400. Oh, I greatly uh, overestimated manpower in this one <laughs> hey, the they the the canal is 164.6 meters or 540 feet i was Wide. so close to going with 500 feet <laughs> i was like I, I did the math for the 500 feet while you were talking and then i was like 500 it's, it's gonna be more than that like that's the Suez Canal has to be 500 feet wide. Canals at some point. tend to be thin, I guess. Yeah, because you got to dig them. You don't want... <laughs> there's no reason to make it wider than it needs to be. Um, interesting. Yeah. Let's talk good, weight. Good job, Cape Cod. They're between 0.01 and 0.02 ounces, or 0.35 to... 0.52 grams. Okay. How many Atlantic Bay scallops go into the Giga Pearl? Is that Pearl from SpongeBob? No. Although she is quite a large pearl. But here's a hint the pearl is the largest non necreous. Necreos pearl known to exist, which means it is a pearl that is not made of the the pearlescent material used to make the shells of some animals. So apparently, like the inner lining of shells of certain animals are made of the same stuff as pearl is, and I guess you can harvest a bunch of that. Uh, but it's not made of that. It's the stuff that like, you know, you find in clams when dirt gets in there and then they, they build up this material around it. So it's worth is around 60 to $200 million. $60 to 200 million. Just kidding. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it was formed by a giant clam. And it's currently on display, being held in a golden octopus sculpture. Wow, what do you know? When you edit this, you'll see that I have my golden octopus 
steampunk, steampunk sculpture in frame. And right next to it, I have my glowing orb that you could say is pearlescent. <laughs> right next to it. And I'm actually going to use this as what I assume the largest pearl is in size. What is it? Like um, three inches by th- three inch sphere? Three inch in diameter? Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't really have a ball, like a like a common game, like sport that uses a ball this size. Like those little like uh, rhino dodge balls that like you can squeeze up and stuff. You ever play with those? So between three and six inches in diameter, probably. Sure, you're you're really hounding that. So is that what the diameter of this thing is? Uh, no. Who could say? Who could, you could? The internet. Um. So yeah. Um. My light is a little light. In weight. Um. This little light is light. So I guess I'll go with. 10 pounds. I don't know how dense pearls are. When like I hold, $200 million? When you hold like a pearl surprising. necklace, it seems pretty light. True. Although I don't know if I ever they're, have. But I feel like I've had, I've had a pearl earring before, and that's like light. You've had a pearl earring? Tell us about it. Held. Oh. Um, yeah, well, because they're the size of a very small marble. This is this is what I'm, I'm assuming... Man, there's like nothing I can compare this size to. I can't think of a single thing that's as big as this this light I have. Uh, this little light of mine. Um, I'll go with 10 pounds. Uh, I don't know, because, I mean, if this sort of thing were made out of, like, rock, it would be probably 10 pounds. So, oh, man, how many ounces did you say? Uh, 0.52. 0.52. Grams. Okay. 0.02 ounces. Got it. Okay, I really need to just become familiar with the metric system because these tiny weights are not doing me any good. Because an ounce is too dang big. Um, eight thousand scallops. Mm-hmm. Final answer. Oh, like there's no way that I'm right. But yes, final answer. The correct answer is 53,173 scallops. Oh, wow. I thought I way overshot it. The pearl is 27.65 kilograms or 60 pounds, 15 ounces. Oh, man. That's that's bigger than this little light of mine. That's very big. It's that is like, a pearl of great price. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> um, it is about... Uh, like 16 inches, maybe more, 18 inches. But it's like an oblong shape. It's not a circle, not a sphere. Oh. Wow. That's uh, impressive. Maybe, I like who what, found seven, that. 16 by 8? 16 by 9? By 16 by 9 by 9 or something like that? I wouldn't be surprised if that's how James Cameron became uber rich. He was just doing his underwater thing and he's like, oh, look. 
a 60 pound pearl. Yeah, I, it was, f- I think, originally found by somebody who's like, that's their life's work is finding pearls. They would be the most likely to find them. Sure. So, yeah. <laughs> is a Wow. you imagine stumbling across that? And I wonder if there are any, like, if you just find it, it's yours kind of thing. Or if you have to, like, if you if you find, like, archaeological stuff, you have to, you know, there's stuff with the local government it and all this stuff. It belongs to the people of Earth. It belongs to the sea herself. That belongs in a museum. Why? <laughs> Why does it? Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't want you getting rich off of it, evil Frenchman. Doesn't it belong to the people where you f- of of the place where you found it uh it belongs to the people who made it and they're all dead so it's up for grabs which i think is pretty much what happens at the end of all these like at least in temple of doom those like golden orb things he doesn't like oh, s- take them and put them I, in a museum i actively try to blot temple of doom out of my memory i sit to that i said call him on shakti day um it's, it's a it, it that that's just a, it's a blight. Uh, it's not as bad as the crystal skull and probably not as bad as whatever is going to come up next. Um, but it's definitely by far the weakest of the three. I saw it as a child and because it had a child in it, I was like, I like this movie. It's for me. <laughs> Okie dokie, Dr. Jones. And then they rip, take a heart out and I was like, well, that's concerning. That is less, that, that is less for me. And <laughs> I wasn't planning on sleeping for the next 10 years anyway. All right. Big Pearl. Let's get get through some fast facts. Uh, the Atlantic Bay Scallop lives, as you guessed, in the Atlantic. Uh, it lives in the uh, specifically northwest part of the Atlantic. So it is basically the coast of... The, the eastern coast of the United States from Cape Cod to the Gulf of Mexico. So we should be able to see them around us here in Florida. Um, they uh, they open their shells to feed on, uh, to filter and feed on algae and other detritus. So that's their main uh, diet is just kind of picking up whatever's floating around. Um and you don't really think of them clams in general as mobile, but these guys are pretty speedy from a clam's perspective. Um, the the base scallop is actually able to swim. It does this kind of like opening and closing of its um, of its shell and allows it to kind of squirt forward. Uh, and it's it's relatively. Dex, dexterous, little, uh, pretty fast, I guess, to get away from from danger. It also allows it allows it to relocate to places that have better feeding opportunities. And once they get to a place, they can they have a uh, a muscle that they can extend out from their shell called the foot. It's a foot, um, and that they use that to burrow uh, into the sand on the sea floor. Uh, and the last thing I've got is that, like you you uh, just alluded to, they can create pearls. 
uh, but they are not very pretty. So no one really wants them. That seems uh, rude. Maybe you don't understand their artistic expression. Yeah, I think this is more like the modern art uh, before its time kind of kind of pearl making that these uh, scallops engage in. It's like a hardened like, brown crystal. Like and you it's have really a commentary on like <clears throat> the superfluousness <laughs> of uh, fine fine luxury. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it, it's a really hard satirical take at um, clan politics. Uh, but yeah, previously you had the traditional, uh, you know, uh, luminescent beauty of normal pearls with all of their, I, f I forgot what the, it's not phosphorescent. What's the, like oil, like oil with the rainbow stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> Um, evanescent. <laughs> <laughs> I keep wanting to say effervescent. It's like, oh, it's bubbly. Uh, no, it's like the most pearls have like a like a rainbow shine to them. Um, and those are the ones that are really highly sought after. This this doesn't have them. Um, so, but still, they make pearls. And these these uh, scallops are often farmed. People keep them uh, in large quantities and raise them and then eat them. Because apparently clams are delicious, but I don't want to eat a sea booger. It's not my thing. I typed in oil rainbow shine and I'm getting like all of these things. It's like, how does it do that? Why does it look like that? And no, this word that I only don't know because I can't, I have to know it. Iridescence. Iridescent. Iridescent. We've said it on the show before. Yes. Um, but anyway, you ready for some major facts? Major I fact. I am ready. I'm calling this major fact Grant Us Eyes. Grant Us Eyes. If you don't know that reference, it's a Bloodborne reference. Just to... Yeah. That's why I called it uh, the Moleskin Mikolash. Mikolash is a boss that wants lots of eyes he likes eyeballs he's it's it's his favorite and he so. keeps saying that grand eyes. and why yeah. why are we talking about that because here we go if you're diving and you see the quintessential example of a shell with pleated designs and arced shapes you may be looking at a base scallop but most people don't know that it may also be seeing you unlike most bivalve mollusks scallops have eyes and not just one or two of them. Around the lip of the shell opening, you may see dozens of beady little baby blues peering out of the animal's protective casing. These aren't, and sometimes hundreds of eyes on one animal. Uh. So these eyes uh. aren't as sophisticated as like an owl's or even a person's eyes, but they aren't mere eye spots either. Um, Plus, there's this, there's, there's something about them that's unique in the animal kingdom at large. So, first, it's strange for a mostly sedentary creature to have any kind of vision at all. Like you mentioned, scallops can can move around; they swim, um, you know, in a way. But they're considered at least semi-sessile, and sessile means you pick a spot and you stay there forever which is like what coral is. Coral is completely sessile. 
Coral like can't like change sponge. position. What? Or like a spot, like a sea sponge yeah. or a sea fan or something. But those things can't change position like a scallop can. But but when a scallop finds a good spot, they'll stay there until they have to move. Many scientists believe that eyes are used in locomotion. That's why things have eyes. Things have eyes because they need to move. If you can't like move, yeah. Although the hills are usually sessile. Um, Especially unless, Hank Hill. Yeah. No, I feel like se- um, Hank Hill is an exception. He works hard. Oh, yeah. B- B- Bobby Bobby is the sessile yes. one. Uh, if you can't move, you don't need to see where you're going, right? So that's why people have people and animals have eyes. But it's not all that's weird. Scallops have a mirror in the back of their eye called the tapetum, tapetum, um, which is common among creatures that need to see in low light, like nocturnal animals. Oh, yeah. I think we talked about this a little bit in the reindeer episode. um, In most nocturnal animals, the tapetum bounces light back to the lens to maximize the amount of light that's picked up by photo photoreceptors. So like in low light situations there, that mirror helps them take in as much light as possible. So scallops, however, uh, the, the tapeta, which is uh, plural, the, their tapeta are, angled to focus light which is usually a job for a lens and cornea a lens or a lens and cornea specifically in our eyes but scallops also have a lens in their eyes so they have the lens they're the cornea and they also have this mirror that's uh shaped almost like in a sphere with a sphere type shape um that focuses light so, in other words, they have two structures in their each in each of these dozens of, dozens of eyes they have that function like a lens. Do you know what else has two lenses? Any guesses? Um, my a camera. I don't know, but you're on the right oh. track. A telescope. Telescope. Yeah. Yes. I, uh, a telescope yeah, I just... has two lenses. Um, scallop eyes are remarkably similar to the way a telescope works. Um, in a telescope, one lens picks up as much light as possible, while a second lens magnifies the subject without losing focus. So are scallops staring at galaxies? <laughs> while many-eyed sea creatures staring into the cosmos is very Lovecra- Lovecraftian. That is about as Lovecraftian as uh, it gets. <laughs> the purpose of these sophisticated eyes in a vi- in a bivalve is still up for debate. So, researcher Daniel Spicer, I think is how you would pronounce that. Uh, sure. he, he conducted an experiment where he showed scallops a video of food particles which they responded to by opening their shells to feed so when he showed them a video of food particles that were dense enough and slow enough to filter feed they opened their shells uh but obviously opening your shell as a mollusk is risky your shell is safe but you also need to feed which means you need to open it sometimes so being able to peek out and assess the area for filter feeding may be helpful so food particles 
are really small when you're a filter feeder and the ocean is really dark. So maybe the double lens helps them see small objects in dark places like telescopes see distant objects in a dark universe. But that's one theory and we still don't know fully. That's interesting because if they saw an object that they wanted to eat far away, would they then go over to it? Well, and the, then plant themselves in its path and then hope that it makes it into its mouth through the filter feeding process? Maybe. Because it seems like it does. when you're filter feeding, it doesn't really matter whether you can see the thing or not. You're kind of just dragging a net and you know praying mm -hmm. that something falls into it. One, maybe, but... Uh... One, the the theory that they kind of found with this these video this video experiment was that they they're using their vision to assess the conditions for filter feeding around them. So if okay. the conditions are bad, they're not going to risk opening their shell. But if they're it's a good chance of getting a ton of resources and food, they they'll they'll open their shell. And if there's nothing, then they're just like maybe I need to relocate, and they squirt away. Maybe yeah, I mean the fact that they can move a little bit maybe be maybe that helps them like pick a good pick good real estate. But I want but yeah. why dozens if not hundreds of eyes is what I want to know. Yeah, that's uh, unnerving. I guess it's so that they can see in all directions when they, you know, kind of open their shell. They can. They're not limited. That's true. If you can't move your eyeballs or turn your turn a neck, it's better to have more eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, grant his eyes. Um, but I did mention, like, like kind of a, alluded to it. But they are like brilliant blue. Each one of these little eyeballs. They're all. It's it's just a bunch of uh, Frank Sinatra's in there. Yeah. Somewhere beyond. Oh wait, no wait. That's not Frank Sinatra. That's Bobby Darin. I'm pretty sure he does sing that Never song. Never mind. Though. I think you're. I think you're safe. He probably. No, unless he Bobby Darin's later. I'm thinking of "Fly Me to the Moon." He does. Uh, does he? Let's see. Yeah, he he has covered it. So you're you're good. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. I I probably can't tell the difference. I'm so uncultured. So that was the Atlantic. Bay scallop with its hundreds of eyes. <laughs> uh, so, for you out there in Podcastia, squirt around the ocean, keep your clams shut, and stare into the cosmic eldritch evil of the universe with your array of eyes like the Bay scallop here in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging.
old podcast. <laughs> I could be the most suggestive <laughs> you've done so far. <laughs> <laughs>